Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. All right, on the count of three, if you already opened up some presents, I want you to shout out what you got for Christmas. Here we go. One, two, three. Man, that sounds good. I couldn't make out any of it, but it all sounds amazing. I got Ashley a dress for Christmas, and um, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I picked it out myself. She was like, who helped you pick this out? I was like, nobody, this was all me. And uh, she might be taking it back, and that's okay. I shed a little tear. <laughs> it's all right, Christmas time, you know, it gets real at Christmas time. You find out, you know, if you got the right gift or the wrong gift, and it's all good, but. Hey, you know, this morning we're gonna do something a little different. I got the guitar with me, if that's okay with you guys. We're gonna do a couple sing-along songs. And if you came to Christmas Eve last night, it's gonna be a little different. And uh, today, last night we had candles in the room, which was awesome. How many of you guys were here last night for the candlelight communion service? We took communion, we had candles. And I was thinking about when I was a, uh, a child, and I was about six years old, our school, we did a Christmas program every year. And one of the songs that we sang was Happy Birthday Jesus. So can you guys sing along with me? We're gonna put the lyrics up on the screen. How many of you guys remember this old song that we used to sing as kids? There we go, we'll sing it in the key of A. Here we go. Happy birthday, Jesus. I'm so glad it's Christmas. All the tinsel and lights and the presents are nice, but the real gift is you. Come on. Happy birthday. You guys sound good this morning, better than me. I'm so glad it's Christmas. All the carols and bells, all the carols and bells make the holiday swell, and it's all about you. Happy birthday, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Happy birthday, Jesus. I thought we'd start it off right this morning, singing happy birthday to Jesus. You know, I, I told our church last night that my son, our oldest one, has been running around saying, Christmas loves me, Christmas loves me. And uh, that's been his motto this whole month. Christmas is coming and Christmas loves me. And, and he's right, because Christmas is Jesus. And Jesus loves Liam, and Jesus loves you. There's a picture of us. I think we've got a picture of us in our matching pajamas, too, that we wore this Christmas. <laughs> Ashley suckered us into these matching pajamas this year. All right, she wants us to take the picture off immediately. Cut it off. Okay, there we go. She said there's better pictures out there than that one. Oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> But as kids, me, my older brother, John, who's just had his third child this week, Monty 
Jerome Doherty. Monty Jerome Amadeus Doherty. Beautiful name. And uh, me, my older brother John, my two older sisters, Sarah and Ruthie, who are out of town today. And they're, they, they're having their Christmas with their families, one in Orlando and the other one uh, in Texas. But we, we grew up sitting around in the living room and listening to my dad and mom tell the Christmas story. And usually there was a piano or a guitar and we would sing some songs together. And so that's what we're gonna do this morning. 2,000 years ago, Christmas started. Come on. Matthew chapter one begins the story of Christmas with a genealogy of a lot of people's names. And a lot of people would skip past these names. Matthew chapter one, it starts with Abraham, the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Then it goes down this list and it lists names like Rahab and Ruth and Boaz and David and Solomon. And when you look at some of these names and the people in this family, they were messed up people. I mean, this was not a perfect family. And yet God chose an imperfect family to bring his perfect son into the world. And no matter how bad your family may look, God loves to use imperfect families. And this family was one of those families that God chose to send his son through the lineage of David. And it said that an angel in Luke chapter two, verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. This morning I wanna remind you that the Lord is with you. You know, I was thinking back on several Christmases and I'll never forget this one Christmas, I was 16 years old. That year I had asked for a new sound system because I could finally drive and with all my lawn mowing money, I bought a car. And I told my parents for Christmas, all I want is a Pioneer sound system. And uh, I had the right bass and I had the right, uh, it, had, it was colorful, it was beautiful. And so I got that for Christmas and they put it in my car and had all my presents in there. My wallet was in there, my Cricket cell phone was in there. And I walked outside and someone had broken into my car the day after Christmas and stolen my brand new sound system and all my presents, my wallet, my cricket cell phone. And I was devastated. I was, oh, you don't realize how much you love something until it's gone. And then all of a sudden you're just crying and oh, I really, you know, I only got to enjoy it for a day. And I was so looking forward to that. But I think about what the Christmas story is all about. What the angel is about to tell Mary is the same thing the angel would tell Joseph and something similar to what the angels would tell the shepherds, that good news was coming, great joy was coming, something was coming that would wipe away all fear, all sadness, and all sorrow. Our world is hungry to fill a void that only Jesus can fill. You know, at Christmas time, our world spends $465 billion. That's just America alone. America spends $465 billion at Christmas time on gifts and goodies. And there's nothing wrong with buying presents for each other or having cookies, but we gotta remember where the real joy comes from. Because if we're not careful, we think it's in a new sound system, a new car, a new toy, a new motorcycle, and we start searching for things to make us feel happy, make us feel joyful. That Christmas, I felt like my joy was gone. In fact, I had just had a, a girlfriend that Christmas that I really liked, 
And that same day, I went to the weight room at our school and my friend AJ told me, hey, last night your girlfriend dumped you for another guy. She didn't even tell me. She just decided to start going out with a new guy. So that day was just so sad. I felt like Job in the Bible. Naked I came into this world and naked I shall leave. And I was devastated. My joy felt like it was ripped out of my heart. As a teenager, you feel like your whole world is wrapped up in your girlfriend or your sound system. And, uh, but I found out what Christmas is all about. And a few days later, it hit me that my joy is not found in a person on this earth or a toy that I get at Christmas. My, my joy, my hope, and our faith is found in a baby that was born in a manger. And the, ga the angel Gabriel said to Mary, the Lord is with you, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how? How could this happen? I am a virgin. You know, at Christmas time, a lot of people are asking the question, how? How? How will this miracle come about? How will this happen? How are we going to make it at Christmas time? How are we going to have enough money? How is God going to show up? How is he going to provide? And the angel said, what you can't do that only God can do, he's going to do through his Holy Spirit. And I want to remind you this morning that only God can do the supernatural. We have to do what we can in the natural, but at the end of the day, we have to surrender and recognize that God is all-powerful. All the powers of hell cannot stop what God is behind. All the powers of hell cannot stop what heaven initiates. And this Christmas, heaven is cheering for you. Heaven is cheering for the the prayers that you're praying, the dreams you're believing for. God wants to birth something on the inside of you, an expectancy for God to do something in you and through you. The angel said to Mary, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, will overshadow you, so that the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, People used to say, it would never happen. You're barren. That could never come to pass. But this is what the angel said, and I love this. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. I want to remind you this morning, the word of God will never fail. And then he said this, I am the Lord's servant. May Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. I want to just share a little moment with you about miracles this Christmas. Ashley mentioned it in her prayer. We've seen God do some amazing miracles. Maybe you're here this morning, you need a miracle. There's a song we sing as a church, and I want to sing it with us this morning. You hold my world in your hand 
to Elizabeth and when she came to Elizabeth's door the babe inside of Elizabeth leaped for joy the same miracle inside of Elizabeth could feel the miracle that was inside of Mary then Mary would go and tell Joseph who she was pledged to be married to and Joseph needed to hear from God he was confused he was frustrated he was concerned wait a minute you're pregnant how did this happen and Mary was trying to explain to him, it was from God, and you can imagine just the humor and the tension in the story. They didn't have Bibles. They didn't know what the future would hold. But when Joseph went to sleep, the angel spoke to Joseph. Sometimes we have to go to sleep to hear from God. And when Joseph was finally done with all of his reasoning, all of his logic, all of his intelligence, when he was asleep, the angel came and spoke to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. Oh, come let us Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. 
So Joseph took Mary as his wife. Together they went and they had to go to Bethlehem. They were living in Nazareth, but a census was taken that required all people to return to their hometown. When they got to Bethlehem, there was an innkeeper and they knocked on the door and the innkeeper said, there's no more room here. But we do have room in a stable down the street. And so Mary and Joseph found that stable and that night they had their baby in a barnyard. Their baby was born in one of the humblest of places. It didn't make sense that God would send the perfect son, the king above all kings, the greatest person to ever walk on this planet. And he would start him off in one of the lowliest of places. And I thought about that this morning. I was thinking, God, why would you send your son to a barn? Why would you birth the savior in a place that was so dirty and so poor? Because if he was born in a palace, not everybody could get in. If he was born in the White House or born in one of those great Roman palaces, not everybody would be allowed. But in a barnyard, everyone felt welcome. Jesus invites us. Bethlehem invites us. The manger invites all of us to come to Jesus as we are. Come, dirty, come, afraid, come in your shame. Come and find healing. Come and find hope this Christmas. Jesus invites the rich and the poor, the young and the old, the dirty and the clean, the religious and the non-religious. Come to Bethlehem, come to the manger. The angels appeared in the sky and they were singing, shouting, glory to God in the highest. And they were shouting to the shepherds, come, come and see God's son. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. The shepherds would meet there and the wise men, they'd all come around. It was a miracle that night, a miracle in Bethlehem. And there's a few things that we can learn from each cast member of the Christmas story. For the wise men, we look at them and we realize these men were seekers, searchers. They were pursuing to find the King of Kings. They were pursuing to find Jesus. This Christmas, I wanna ask you, are you a wise man, a wise woman? Are you searching for Jesus? I think about the innkeeper, the innkeeper, he had very little room, no room in his place. He missed his moment. A lesson we can learn from this character in the story is don't miss your moment this Christmas. Jesus is searching for someone who will make room in their hearts, make room in their apartment, their home. His presence is here. And if you have room in your heart, you can receive it. His joy is here. Some of us are crowded out with stuff, like me on my 16th Christmas. I had all of this stuff, but I had to realize once it was gone that Jesus was all I needed. Jesus was enough. This Christmas, Jesus is searching for room in your hearts. I think about the donkey, the donkey that carried Mary. Are you able to carry the message of Jesus this Christmas? Can God trust you as the donkey was trusted to carry the message that donkey was used? You might say, yeah, but Paul, I, I'm not that smart. Well, neither is a donkey. You know the other name for the donkey. Some of us are all a little unqualified, but God uses anyone and everyone who's willing and available to say, you can use me, God. I think about the star. The star has no mouth, no eyes, no legs, no hands, and yet God used the star to lead wise men to Jesus. God wants to use you this Christmas to lead your family to Jesus. Think about those shepherds that were out in the fields watching their flock 
willing to leave their workplace to go and worship Jesus. I think about the angels. The angels, they responded in worship to Jesus. They, they came to worship Jesus. This morning, I hope that you came to worship Jesus. Not to be entertained, but to worship Jesus. In just a moment, we're going to worship Jesus. Not just with our words, but with our actions. We're going to give to Jesus this Christmas. The angels, they announced good news. They had something good to share. That night, the miracle was born in Bethlehem. Jesus, he would change the world. The wise men came, the shepherds came, Joseph and Mary, the animals were there. And all the townspeople showed up. This is what Christmas is about. It's not about shopping, it's not about Santa Claus, it's not about the tree. None of those things are bad, but we can't make those things the main thing. The main thing is Jesus. Maybe you're here right now and things aren't right between you and him. Maybe you've lost hope. This week, Ashley and I had the chance to sit down with a couple and um, we were listening to their story and we were really touched. In fact, I was in tears. I just kept crying and crying, just thinking, wow, what a testimony. And it was a Christmas miracle. And uh, the wife, she, she came to Victory back in the day. They don't live here anymore. They don't come here. They have their own church in North Carolina. But as I was listening to their story, I thought, you know, I gotta share this story at Christmas time. And it's a story about a woman who had been waiting to get married for a long time and multiple times felt like she had missed her opportunity, missed her moment. She was in her 40s. Now she was working in the corporate world, had a great job in New York City and making lots of money, but single, still holding on to a dream, a prayer in her heart that one day God would give her a husband and that one day she would have a family. Well, at the same time, there was a man. This man was a pastor and he had walked through a painful divorce. And he felt like maybe God would never give him a, a strong, restored marriage. And he had lost his hope a little bit, but he was still praying, holding on to that prayer that maybe God one day would bless him again with a wife and a marriage, a, a restored marriage, and a strong marriage. Well, God brought these two together, Lynette and Ron Lewis, and they got married. And the dream that was in Lynette's heart was that now here she was in her 40s, that she would have children. Well, Ron had four boys, and so she immediately became a stepmom to these four sons, but she still wanted to have that child of her own. She wanted to have her own babies. So they tried to get pregnant, and they sure enough got pregnant. But right there in the pregnancy, she had a miscarriage. All of her friends felt bad for her, and they knew the prayer in her heart. Here she was in her mid-40s thinking, God, am I ever gonna have children of my own? I, I'm thankful for these four sons. In the midst of all of that, one of their sons who was in college at ORU, he got cancer at age 20. And this cancer was killing him. It was a terrible tumor right here in his sinuses. And they thought they got rid of it, but as soon as he graduated, he became the homecoming king of ORU. But right after that, he got married and he found out the cancer came back with a vengeance. In the middle of all of this, they're trying to pray. Christmas is coming. They're still believing God that maybe one day Lynette can have children of her own. They're praying for the cancer to go away and their son Jordan. And as I'm listening to all this, I'm just crying. I'm thinking, man, the pain this family was walking through and the difficulties. And then her friends, they threw her a baby shower. They said, Lynette, we believe one day, it was a shower by faith. They said, one day you're gonna have children. So they threw her this baby shower. 
And, and some people gave her two gifts. They said, we believe you're gonna have twins. She laughed, but she knew on the inside that was a prayer, that was a dream in her heart, that God would give her twins. They had started talking to an adoption agency and they weren't sure where it was gonna end up. So I wanna just show you real quickly on this video the end of this story and the miracle that happened at Christmas time for Ron and Lynette. Lynette and I wanted to send a greeting to all of our friends and family and tell you a little bit about our Christmas journey and our Christmas miracle. Uh, this really starts many years ago. In 2010, we actually did something new for both of us, and that is we got into the adoption home study circuit, and we uh, started exploring that, and that's really on the heart of God. Adoption is great. We've been adopted into His family, and uh, we love that movement, and so we we took a step of faith, and that was riddled with many more complexities and ups and downs. And then, um, suddenly, this December, we were encouraged to get our name back in the hat and to refresh our study. And we were told that it was a very slim chance and not to take it, uh, like not to put our heart into it. So that's exactly what we did. We just did the perfunctory aspect of it. We put our name in. And we had many people prophesy and have impressions that God was gonna give us uh, babies, in particular twins. I remember one time that Lynette had a group uh, actually even give her gifts. And, and here's one of the gifts, one of the many gifts that uh, was given to us, the, the twin bibs. And uh, we, we always thought, this was years ago, we thought, well, wouldn't that be amazing if God were to ever give us twins? And that would just save a lot of time. Just was so in my heart for some reason. I and many times I thought I'm just crazy. It's such a rare thing. I wanted twin girls. They'd have each other to play with, and what a joy that'd be. It just was was a dream in my heart. We have a wonderful family with our four sons. Uh, two are married, and uh, it's it's there's a lot of peace and joy in our home over the holidays. And, and to our great surprise, uh, we had a birth mother who called us and she wanted to interview us. And again, once again, very detached very simple 30-minute conversation, answered the questions, and then went on our business for several days, didn't hear back until we heard back on Christmas Eve that she wanted us to adopt her twin baby girls. So that was on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Day, we had um, uh, the two bibs and a couple other twin gifts that I'd been given through the years that I dug out of the garage and we wrapped them up and we had everybody open the gifts all at the same time. And we said, we don't want you to look at each other's, just unwrap your gift. They all opened them up and they suddenly, they were like, they're all looking at me. I'm sure they were thinking, is Lynette pregnant? I mean, what's going on here? And one of them said, wait, there's two of everything. And so they were just uh, really getting excited. They were overwhelmed with joy. <laughs> and they just were really just rejoicing and happy, even weeping. And then we shared additional news. Against all odds, uh, these twin baby girls were born on Christmas morning outside of Bethlehem in another state.
flew uh, to the location that night on Christmas night and we hugged our sweet, precious new baby girls, Victoria Joy and Isabella Grace. So we are, we are just amazed at God's faithfulness, at how he's had this planned all along. We never give up our dreams. That's what I've learned through this, is that no dream is too crazy. We're not crazy. We just hold on to God with all our heart. And in his time, suddenly, the dream comes to pass. Wow. <laughs> Give him a hand one more time. I see Kim Ford up there. She had the babies Wednesday night, brought them out here on the stage, and we just began to cry. I mean, it was so powerful. And to listen to Lynette's story, I mean, to realize this was a journey, waiting all those years as a single woman to get married, then getting married, walking through the miscarriage. Right after that time, you saw Jordan in the video with his head was buzzed. He was going through chemo treatment as a 21-year-old. And just a few months later, he would step into heaven and transition from this life into the next. But he got to be there with his family to celebrate his stepmom's miracle, his father's miracle, to see those two babies that came from Bethlehem, born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. What a Christmas miracle. You know, I just feel in my heart this morning, I know that some of you have already read through the Christmas story 20 times this week, and you sat here and you listened to it for the 21st time, but you know, I'll say this. The story of Christmas to me never gets old when I start to think about the miracle, the miracle that Jesus does in our hearts, the miracle that he does in our lives. Right now across this room, I just feel to pray for people who need a miracle. In fact, if you would, just bow your heads and close your eyes if you're here this morning and Maybe you need a miracle in your body. Maybe the doctors have said you'll never get pregnant. Maybe the doctor said this sickness will never go away. It's only gonna get worse. Maybe you're here this morning and you need a miracle in your marriage. Maybe your spouse refuses to change. Maybe there's coldness between you and your spouse. Maybe you need a miracle in your family, a relationship that's just gone south you don't get along with this person. You don't talk to this person anymore. They don't talk to you. There's been unforgiveness between you and this family member. You need healing in the family, healing in the marriage, healing in your body. Maybe you need healing in your heart. You feel heartbroken this Christmas. Maybe plans didn't go the way that you thought they were supposed to go, but you're here or you're watching online. And you say, Pastor, pray for me. I would like release my faith for God's miracle healing work in my body, my life, my family, my marriage, my finances, whatever it is. If that's you, just raise your hand all across this room. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. Hands going up all over this room. Wow. Why don't we stand to our feet right here, right now? Jesus. If you raised your hand or you need prayer, would you just leave your seat right now and just meet me at this altar? This is a little bit different than what I had planned, but I just feel right now to lay hands on those that need a miracle. I just feel to pray and I want my wife and some of our pastoral team to just pray for anyone here today who says, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Maybe you're single. 
Maybe you're waiting, believing God one day to get married. Maybe you're here this Christmas and you're a widow and you're believing God one day to be remarried or you're just believing God to have that sense of peace. You miss, you miss your loved ones that have gone on to heaven. Maybe you're a parent, you've lost a child in the last year and you've just been hurting, heartbroken on the inside. You've had a miscarriage or maybe an accident, a tragedy. You've lost your joy, you've just lost peace. But this Christmas, Lord, I pray for miracles in this place. I pray for healing in this, pray, in this place. Lord, I pray for hearts to be healed, lives to be healed, marriages to be healed. Just keep coming. Many of you that say, I need a miracle. Paul, I need a miracle in my marriage. I need a miracle in my mind. I need a miracle in my body. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place. Fill the atmosphere, Lord Jesus. You're our healer. Yeah, just find a place down at this altar and lift your hands to Jesus. You can close your eyes all across this room. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I know, I know. I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. I believe in you. Just make that your song right now, right where you're standing. You. You're the God of miracles. Jesus, I believe in you. Healing, healing in bodies, healing in bodies. Sickness, you have no place. Sin, you have no place. Sadness, you have no place. Healing, miracles, miracles for children and teenagers and single moms, single dads, parents, widows, grandparents, whatever season of life they're in. Miracles in the body, miracles in the marriage. Miracles in the family, restoration between fathers and sons, restoration between mothers and sons, restoration between dads and their daughters, stepmoms and their stepchildren. In Jesus' name, healing in families, healing in families.
the resurrection God power. Brings a open blind eyes. You're open barren wounds. He's the God of miracles. Emails that 
I can't wait to share you, similar to the story you heard today from Ron and Lynette Lewis. Emails of families who were believing to have children this year that hadn't gotten pregnant in years that got pregnant before Christmas time and they celebrated the pregnancy. I got emails from a family that was looking to adopt and they had been going through this adoption process for years trying to finally get a breakthrough. They finally got the breakthrough. They got their children before Christmas. Just a week ago, they were able to adopt children. I was getting emails about people getting healed before Christmas time. Man, I was, I was so overwhelmed with gratitude. You know, the wise men, they came and they brought gifts to Jesus. And this morning, we're gonna bring our gifts to Jesus right here in this room. We're going to honor Jesus at Christmas time. We're gonna celebrate him with our offerings and our tithes. And we're gonna pass the envelopes down the road. This is gonna be one of the final things we do. And then we're gonna take a time to pray at the end for everybody and then we'll dismiss you. But would you take a moment this Christmas, this morning, to just sow a seed into the kingdom of God that when we give to Jesus, it goes and it grows and it never returns void. When we give to God, it's the best investment we can make with our finances because it goes with us into eternity. Me and Ashley, we bought some gifts for our kids. And I know in a few years, those gifts, they'll end up in garage sales or we'll give them to other families with kids who can play with those toys. But you know, the things that go with us into eternity is the difference that we make on people the impact that we make with our finances when we give into the kingdom of God, one day there'll be people that come and meet us in heaven and say, because you gave, I'm here. Because you sowed, I'm here. I'm in heaven. You helped feed me. You helped clothe the naked. You helped feed the hungry. You helped visit those in prison. You helped start Bible schools in my nation. You helped start an orphanage in the town that I was living in. You helped start a rescue home that delivered me out of the crazy lifestyle that I was in. See, when we sow our seeds, it goes not just here, but all over the world. This year, we celebrated a new rescue home as a church that we helped build in Cambodia, rescuing girls and boys at the age of six out of trafficking in Southeast Asia. Yeah, we praise God as a church that we could do that. We were able to launch more Bible schools this year across the world, several different countries. As a church, we were able to go and start more Bible schools and train up more pastors and train up more leaders with the Word of God. So as you're sowing your seed, if you're giving online or if you're giving text to give, you can do it right there. You can do it from your seat and uh, just see it as like a Christmas present to Jesus. Just say, Lord, Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday. It's all about you this morning. There's a line for prayer request, praise report. You can write it down there. And I'm gonna pray over our seed and then we got a special song from Sharon Doherty. Somewhere it's snowing. She's gonna come and bring the house down. Lord, I just pray for every seed that's being sown this morning, every gift, God. We thank you for the gift of your peace this morning, the gift of your presence, the gift of your salvation, the gift of your grace. And this morning, we honor you, Lord, with what we have in our hands. It all came from you anyways. So Lord, we're just giving you some of it back to say, use it to touch other people's lives, to help people in need. Lord, we thank you that you're the source. You're our provider. We trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship God with our giving.
I love that song. I do too. You used to sing that. Yeah, I know you love that song. You used to sing that. Um, when we went to Russia. When you went to Russia. And thousands of people would come down the aisles, down the... <laughs> I remember I was about seven years old when I went with my mom and dad to Russia. And my dad would preach and do an altar call. My mom would start to sing. The presence of God is just hitting her right now. She would start to sing that song and thousands of people would just rush down to the altar. They would run. It was concrete floor, but dust would fly up into the air. And it was even before your dad could even finish giving the invitation, they would seem to know when he was about to give it and they would just start flooding from every direction. They would press up against this thing. To be a part of history. Paul, I think about it, just to be a part of, of history. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's major moments of history when masses of people get saved. And we got to be a part, and we were nobody. We were just ordinary little people. Nobody famous, but we just went at a, a moment like the window of space opened up and that portal of heaven opened up and God moved by his Holy Spirit. We saw those people get saved. They came from 11 time zones. At that time, Soviet Union had 11 time zones. America has four. The U.S. has four. But they would come by trains and their trains were not like our trains. Their trains were much more antique and um, but they would come and for days just to get there and then I I never did know where they were all staying those that came from so far away from the other parts of the farthest part of, of Russia but they would come and and uh, they would take boxes of Bibles with them because we brought Bibles this church, along with many people, I had, I remember people walking up to me here in Tulsa and saying, I want to give toward the Bibles going into the former Soviet Union. I, I want to be a part of them getting the Bible into their hands. And so anyway, we were bringing Bibles. We were bringing the New Life books, giving away millions. And, and there was a couple of guys that came from Ukraine. They were, they were just in college. The Soviet Union had paid for their tuition, college tuition, so that they could go and learn communism and take it back to their African nations. But these two Africans, they, they ended up coming to our, our service. They had gotten saved already, but they came to our meetings just to get Bibles and books to start uh, uh, Bible studies in, in Kiev. And later we ended up ministering in both of their churches because their churches became the largest churches in all of the Ukraine. It was amazing. Churches were planted out of these people just getting saved in those meetings. One woman had tumors on her head. She had, she was, uh, she'd been in a diabetic coma prior to coming and God healed her of the coma, uh, of the diabetes. And then he healed her of the, the, uh, the growths disappeared on her head. She went back and started a, ch a church where she was from that became the largest church in her city. I mean, it was just amazing how God worked. And even to this day, there are people that say that they got saved or they got the Bibles or they got the books through those meetings. And it was what birthed inside of them what 
what the vision of God and then they they planted churches or they've they've gone on and they've done so many various things our Bible schools got planted and there's just so much I just thank God for praise God praise God why don't you stand up on your feet this morning you know just as my mom was talking I want to end with this scripture John chapter 1 verse 5 says the light shines in the dark and the darkness has not overcome it. Guys, we have the light of the world and the darkness. ISIS can't stop it. Terrorism can't stop it. Dictators can't stop it. There's no powers of hell that can stop the power of God. I want us to go into this week with faith, no fear, with joy, no sadness or depression. Jesus traded it all for us. He came in a manger, but he went to the cross. He rose from the dead. He gave, he gave his life. He gave his love, his blood for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be free. He didn't just come as a baby in a manger. He came to destroy the works of sin and death. And so this morning, here's what I want us to do before we leave. We never end a service without giving people a chance to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. So one more time, bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today, you say, Paul, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I want to surrender to him. Just raise your hand across this room. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. Yes, sir. Yes. Anyone else? You're here today. You say, yeah, I'm ready to make that decision. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. I see hands from boys and girls. I see a mom, a dad today. Yes, sir. From the front into the back. You say, Paul, I'm not right with God, but I'm ready to make things right with God. Awesome. Awesome. The greatest gift you can give your family this Christmas is to make a decision to let Jesus be Lord of your life. Say this prayer with me. Jesus, Jesus I, believe in you. I believe in you. You died on the cross. You, died on the cross. you rose from the dead. I ask you to be my Lord, my Savior. I repent of my sins and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God praise today. Many of you raised your hands. When I dismiss, if you want a Bible, we will bless you with the free Bible today before you leave. Were you blessed this morning? Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.